and welcome to the Design Assembly Field Guide 2020 podcast series. This is a special limited edition podcast series of four interviews commissioned by Creative New Zealand as a part of the DA Field Guide 2020, a look into New Zealand's post-COVID design practice. In this special series, we'll hear from leaders in the New Zealand design community and further our discourse around the creative and economic well-being of our community, identify opportunities for positive change, speculate on the future of our practice, and critically examine the post-COVID design landscape in Aotearoa. Tēnā katoa, I'm Louise, Design Assembly Founder and Director, and today I'm talking to Jeff Wong. Jeff is the Executive Creative Director at DesignWorks, where he's worked for over 20 years. He is responsible for driving and maintaining the overall creative vision and quality standards of the studio. His work has received numerous awards, and he is the 2020 Convener of Judges for Graphics for the New Zealand Best Design Awards and has judged two times previously. Jeff has also been a judge for the International Student Awards in Taiwan and the Design and Art Direction Awards. Well, kia ora, Jeff. Thanks so much for joining me today. We've come together to examine, reflect and discuss the um, impact so far of COVID-19 on Aotearoa New Zealand design practice. But before we do that, I'd love to hear more about you and where you've come from. Thanks, Louise. Thanks for uh, having me um, as part of this as well. But uh, I guess how I got into design, I actually, when growing up, I'm a, I'm a first-generation um, New Zealand-born Chinese. So, you know, my parents had no idea that this this career ever existed. So, you know, growing up, it wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't exposed to any you know, uh, design or even even art history or anything like that as well until later on in my years as well. So I sort of think it was one of these sort of things where I was I was pretty lucky to kind of uh, uh, fall into it. But I sort of think the main sort of thing about it was I wasn't actually really good at anything else besides art. I drew a lot and um, I had two older brothers who um, exposed me to a lot of things. My oldest brother, he loved uh, comics. And so he, me and him always shared this kind of love of comics, you know, whether it was uh, Asian Kung Fu comics or it was Marvel comics and things like this. But I just loved, obviously, the visual aspect of it. And then there was also the storytelling sort of aspect of that as well. And then my other brother, my second brother, he was more into architecture and, you know, things like that as well. And so that's where, I guess, you know, I got exposed to this other world was to say, oh, what? So... You know, people get paid to make up these characters and these stories and these all these sort of things. And well, people design these buildings and what an amazing sort of thing to do. And so, you know, one of those sort of things was, you know, being in, you know, a family that wasn't really exposed to the arts or, you know, creativity and, and design and everything like this. But having two older brothers that kind of, you know, found stuff and just kind of threw it at me and I kind of took took whatever that was in. And then what happened at um, seventh form when I, I went to um, Mount Abengroma in, um, in Auckland here as well, for some reason, all, all I loved to do was draw, right? So I've kind of, I guess my, my basis was more of an illustrative kind of background as well. And so, you know, there'd be that sort of time that I think most creatives sort of find this is that you can just sit there for hours drawing or doing making stuff you know and I, I just love that I love that feeling as a young young kid as well and then what happened was 
I was at school and I was always good at art. And for some reason, um, my fifth form art teacher, he he actually really supported me through figuring out what I wanted to do, what the courses were out there, what I could kind of do as well. And so he's a, he really kind of, you know, he even talked to my parents about it because I think, you know, my parents didn't understand, you know, what is my kid going to do? He's, you know, what are these courses he's talking about and everything like this as well. So he took the time to actually talk to them about it. He took the time to kind of actually, you know, talk me through it, uh, show me the opportunities that could be out there from a, a study perspective. And so that was that was an, another sort of, I guess, amazing sort of part of it, having that support. And then my brother's exposures to, to different sort of influences. I'm, I still remember to this day going to the uh, guidance counsellor at Mount Albert Grammar and talking about uh, architecture and design. I don't really know what the design thing was. And then he sort of said, um, he, he showed me this book and it was a career careers and I think it was like production design advertising or something like this. And I still remember the the look of the book at the mo- um, uh, to, to this day as well. It had these, you know, it had American typewriter text and every page was a kind of Monty Python-esque kind of illustration of, you know, you could be a sign writer, you can be a, you know, print production person, you could be a graphic designer. And, and I just remember this graphic design thing and I said to the, I said to the guidance counselor, what do you need to study to get into architecture and what do you need to study to get into graphic design? And he said, oh, if you want to do architecture, it's like a seven-year degree. You need to be good at you know, maths and physics and all this sort of stuff. And then I sort of said, well, how about, how about design? He goes, no, you don't need any of that. So I sort of <laughs> said, yeah, that's, I'm going to go find out what, what, what that's about. And so um, that's where it kind of got to. And then with my art teacher's support as well, he, he showed me courses like AUT, you know, graphic design course at the time, and then um, also uh, Elam Art School, all of those types of sort of things as well. And so I applied I applied for AUT. I didn't want to do uh, seventh form, and uh, but I, I kind of begrudgingly had to. Uh, and what, in that time, I got I got ready to kind of apply for AUT, and then I also applied for Elam, and I got into both. And I do remember why I chose AUT. Obviously, it was it was more design focused as as such, but. I do remember going to an open day there and just being blown away by, you know, uh, the studio environment, you know, the people that were there. You know, I, I do remember because I was into comics and illustration. Um, I don't know if you ever remember a guy called uh, Martin Emond and he yeah. used to do he, – he he went overseas and he drew for 2000 AD comic and new mm. comics and, you know, worked for Simon Bisley and all that sort of stuff. And, you know – he was amazing. And I remember seeing him at the open day at AUT and I just saw him drawing some stuff and I just said, oh, I've got to go here. I've got to do this sort of thing and stuff like that as well. And so that's how it kind of all eventuated was this kind of like from, you know, uh, a family where we didn't really know what art and design was and everything like this. My brother's exposing me to certain sort of things. And then, you know, the sport of my art teacher kind of got myself into um, AUT and then, at AET, you know, I did um, four years there. I did a foundation course as well, which was also really good because it, you know, I started out in illustration, but as you go through that course, you find out about typography, you find out about colour, you kind of get exposed to all these different things. And then design sort of, 
you know, took more of a, uh, an interest for me and then I sort of um, got into it and, uh, you know, went from there really. Do your brothers, either of your brothers, kind of work in the area of architecture or...? My second brother, who was more the architect, he's he's an architectural draftsman. He works for an engineering company, and uh, so he kind of has. My oldest brother didn't, you know. He's he's in a totally different sort of field as well. Um, but um, yeah, all all three of you know, I'm I'm um, number three of uh, four kids. I've got a little sister, and um, but all three of the boys for some reason were we were all really good at drawing for some reason and mm. so you know we were always kind of interested in doing that and you know always drawing stuff and creating stuff and you know it was uh, it was cool fun did you like do you have any um memories of like your parents or grandparents sharing with you um you know about um Chinese artists or calligraphy or anything like that that might have not been- so not so much I mean I sort of think because uh, my my dad actually came um, to New Zealand when he was like 15, you know, um, and uh, he came down and uh, didn't really, you know, um, his dad was here, you know, before him. So he travelled from southern China all the way down to New Zealand by himself, you know, um, back in the day at 15. So he was here for a while and then um, he um, met and married mum back in Hong Kong and everything Mm. like that. But that was when he was about 30 as well. So, you know, within that some time, I don't think there was a lot of, you know, exposure to the arts and, you know, all of those sort of things. But during my studies at um, uh, AUT, I, there was a real interest from my um, my own personal perspective around my culture, you know, and because that's that's the that's interesting thing, right? You, I grew up in New Zealand. I'm a, I'm a Kiwi, but I grew up, I guess, looking different, right? Like people just kind of went, well, you know, he's Chinese, all, all of those sort of things. And so it was always one of those interesting things that you get through your teens. You're always kind of going, well, I don't I don't like my culture. And then after that, I kind of really embraced it. It was just like this really rich, such a privilege to have a culture that's so rich. And that's when I started finding out a little bit more about it. I think, I think there's still a lot more to sort of find out. I sort of think, um, you know, I could um, do a lot more and a lot more interested and I'm a lot more interested in, you know, especially with my um, my dad um, kind of recording his sort of journey, you know, when he was younger and then also um, uh, his food because my dad was was the cook as well. Mm-hmm. Like he had to learn how to cook and, you know, all those things. So all these recipes that he had that we grew up on, this amazing food that he, you know, used to cook for us. I want to kind of make sure that that doesn't disappear somewhere as well. So those are the things I'm kind of uh, been interested in, yeah. And so where did you uh, go from your studies at AUT? <clears throat> um, I know that we have a we have a shared common path. We do, yeah. Our yeah. first, our first yeah. job industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, we were both at 2020, weren't we? 2020 right. Design. Design and advertising, I think they said, yeah. um, at the same time. So, yeah, but um, that was that was so, yeah. So I was doing my study. I think I was in my um, last year of study, and there's that uh, there's a design experience component of your study, yeah. and uh, I think you had to do like I don't know twenty hours or something like this at a studio and everything like this as well. And I think just at that time. I'd done this, done the study, um, and I'd just be really wanted to kind of get out into the real world and kind of get into a, a studio. And so the opportunity to do work experience was really cool. And 
And I was lucky enough that, uh, you know, 2020, uh, I think it was, I, I worked for Matt Hart at the time. Yeah, same. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, so, and so that, and, and in my last year, he, he, he gave me the um, work experience module and I, I did that time. But then I just sort of said to him, um, you know, if you want, you know, I'll just come in every week and I, and I didn't get paid for this. So I just sort of said, hey, if you, I'll do work for you. You give me whatever you want. Uh, and uh, I'll just work work for free because I, I was just wanting to get exposed to working in the in the real world. You know, I guess doing commercial work um, and and trying to try and get a job at the end of it as well because I think that was that was the other thing I wanted to do out of it. And so for the nearly for the entire um, half year of my last year, I just worked for twenty twenty four for free, just doing whatever it was. And and Matt was good enough to kind of um let me let me do that. You know, and he gave gave me yeah, and, and it was I I would do anything, eh, you know, at that sort of time, you know, and I do I do remember one job he gave me because he used to do a lot of um merchandise stuff in like supermarkets, right? So not not the most amazing sort of work. <laughs> I remember hit the rugby world cup was on and he he asked me to basically redraw every rugby world cup logo you know crest that was on on jerseys and basically i redrew the entire you know all the teams and stuff like this i remember working all night you know trying to do it and you know they'd just get reproduced in china and then you know sent into like supermarkets and that was the type of sort of stuff you know that kind of just happened really quickly you know would happen overnight and everything like this and then you'd be on a on, on a wine brochure the next day and then you'd be doing you know mock-ups for wine labels and stuff like that you know so it was really buried it but I, I just kind of you know try and get exposed to that and you know I worked there uh till the end of the year and then Matt again was um you know generous enough to kind of go hey do you want a full-time job and so I ended up at 2020 for I think it must have been maybe six or eight months but I think I also knew that it was a great opportunity and I just wanted to kind of, and I learned heaps of sort of stuff from it, but also knew that, and and this is kind of also what I would sort of say to young designers now, uh, is what I say to young designers now, make sure you get into a place that gives you a really, really good foundation in terms of the, the, the practices you want to kind of uh, have as your foundation you know, for your career type sort of thing. And so, and, and not that, you know, 2020 couldn't give that to me, but I wanted to learn from, you know, uh, I guess the best. I wanted to learn from, you know, ones that, you know, and, and the type of work I eventually wanted to do was probably, you know, bigger, uh, more purposeful, you know, more, you know, just the kind of, you know, quick turnover sort of stuff as well. So I wanted to get that foundation, in there um and uh, from there a friend of mine had just started with uh, Fraser Fraser mm-hmm. Gardine he had just left design works at the time and I just sort of said I need a I need to learn off someone like Fraser or someone in that in that in that realm and so um I was lucky enough that my my friend was working there they had a job going he sort of recommended me and then I, I started working for Fraser as well so um, that and that was that was really good too because you know Fraser had I guess you know the 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 experience of design work so that type of work you know that type of discipline of of, of design but he was starting his own thing so it, it it was more of a 
it was a real nice learning environment for me, you know, just coming out of, you know, um, coming out of design school, you can make some mistakes and it would be okay, you know, and, and things like this as well. And, and, and there were like really good things. It was only like a, a small studio of like, I think the most it got to, I think when I was there was about four people. And um, so it was really tight and it was really sort of family orientated and everything like this. And then what happened was um, he, um, they would only have one computer. I think it was a Quadra. And there was four of us, four designers, but um, what uh, that made us do and, and um, what I got taught was you have to sort your ideas out on paper, draw your draw your ideas out, draw your thinking out before you get on the computer. Don't use the computer to kind of solve your problems and everything like this as well. And so that that is a kind of grounding piece for me was was really great as well and you know I came from a kind of I guess a more illustration sort of background as well so it, it um you know suited me as well in terms of the way I worked and you, I you know that was probably around you know around the year 2000 or so wasn't it and um Fraser was definitely I think someone that we all um mm. held high esteem that was kind of one of you know one of the yeah. top students in that respect of having a small studio and but working on really nice um, identity and branding design as well. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that was that was why I wanted to kind of make that sort of shift there too as well. So it was, you know, because it was it was really nice, you know, small, you know, work, but there was some sizable sort of things in there as well. I remember doing, you know, again a real diverse you know, bunch of work, which I really loved. And I still love to this day, you know, diversity is, is kind of like a really, you know, key thing for our studio at the moment as well. Um, and always has been, but, you know, working for phrase that, you know, you do get a lot of diversity within, you know, that work thing. I remember doing, you know, I think it was the, the rollout of uh, Firestone Direct um, and it was all the, the new brand and everything like this. And I remember just working, all night redrawing all the kind of facial signage for all of the places all around um, New Zealand, you know, from Kaitai all the way down to, you know, in the cargo and things like this. And I just remember working all night to do that, you know, because it was just like, you know, at the time it was like a big piece of rebranding for, for the studio. And I just remember, yeah, it's sitting on a light box redrawing all of these sort of things for like, you know, till like three o'clock in the morning or something like this type of thing. So, and then how did you find yourself at uh, Design Works? Um, that was an interesting, you know, uh, thing as well because um, another, what was it, a um, a girl um, that I used to work with at Fraser's, she uh, she knew um, designer Aaron Pollock who was at Design Works for, I think he must have been there for maybe four, four years or something like this. Amazing, amazing designer. A guy I really looked up to. He was he was he was uh, an awesome awesome designer, and he had done, you know, a lot of kind of quite key work at the time at Design Works. But um, he and so I knew him through um, the friend that was working at uh, Fraser's. I used to catch up with Aaron, you know, for lunches and everything like this. And then one day we're having lunch, and he goes, oh, "I'm I'm leaving Design Works. I'm going to go to America." And he was going to a a studio in Minneapolis or something like this, which was just like, holy, that's that's amazing, man. You know, that's that's really cool. And so um, he goes, and and we're, we're chatting away, and then he goes, oh, do you want to you want an opportunity at Design Works if I'm leaving? 
and stuff like this. And I just sort of said, yeah, of course, because at the at the time I wanted to sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> um at the time, um, you know, it was really great time at, at Fraser's, but uh, you know, we'd we'd done little nice little identities and you know, um little brands and everything like this and they were really fun. But I also got to a point in my career where it was just kind of like, well, is this all designers? You know, we're doing like little dentistry identities and, you know, cafes and, and things like this. I sort of said, there must be more to design, you know, type sort of thing. And, you know, I'd never been at a, a studio that, you know, did bigger work, you know, did, um, you know, brand, did uh, identity rollouts, all of that sort of stuff. So, I think there was that sort of yearning to kind of be involved in that sort of type of type of work, and so over over that sort of time, it was just kind of like, well, I needed to probably make a make a shift to kind of get exposed to that, and so Aaron gave that opportunity, and then also the design works thing that I always admired, you know, from the from the Grant days and the the Ray days was they were, in my opinion, um, and. Uh, were the, the the first design practice to kind of to to take design seriously. They they you know um, were the first ones to kind of nearly compare it to you know lawyers you know that you this was a profession that you were a design professional and it was a serious job maybe taken a little bit too serious as well but that's what the thing about design works was really good and I sort of said well that's what I want to kind of get exposed to how do I kind of be part of that and everything like that as well and then also just do do amazing work that that was the sort of thing and so when Aaron um, said if you want this opportunity of course I said yeah of course I did and so that's how I got an interview at um, design works and I met um Jeff Savalka, who at the time was um, uh, the lead partner at um, at DesignWorks, and and it was kind of a funny time because I guess Grant was just leaving at that sort of point as well, and so I unfortunately didn't get a chance to really work with Grant. Um, but over that sort of time, I I, I did um, work with uh, Jeff for a long time, um, which was uh, amazing as well. So yeah, so I got to DesignWorks. Yeah, and so today your time. <coughs> As executive creative director, um, and you know, what what does that entail? Uh, you know, what does what do you spend your time doing day to day? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, and and I guess it's sort of uh, evolved over over time as well. But I mean, the the, the main thing that I'm responsible for is, uh, again, um, there's a lot a lot of things to to the role that uh, sometimes are, are not that obvious, you know, in terms of uh, what I do. But the main main sort of thing is I'm responsible for the quality of the work that comes out of design works. I'm also responsible for creating the environment and the culture for us to do good work in, you know, and championing the design works way and the standard you know, across across the studio and everything like that as well. And then there's also just being involved in projects as well and a lot of it um, more recently, which may, you know, is uh, changing slightly just because our size has changed over, you know, the, um, um, the last few months and everything like that as well, is I'm still involved in projects, but um, a lot of it has to be about the setup of direction you know, the translation from strategy into design and into a, you know, um, a visual 
differentiation direction and trying to push the team and and also I think a big part of it is growing and developing talent which has always been a design works thing I think it's it's um, a thing we've tried to sort of you know hold on to as as um, as we've kind of grown and evolved but it's about you know growing the team nurturing the team pushing the team and, and keep on getting people to rise to the bar you know like what's the standard how do we keep on pushing that standard as well and so, yeah, that, that's kind of mainly, and then, you know, I'm just on projects all the time. And what I also uh, try and do, um, because I am across a lot of uh, projects, is making sure that we push every project, not just from a idea perspective, but from a, a visual perspective too. We, you know, we're very focused in on being style ag- agnostic. We don't want to as a studio have a style you know type sort of thing and so you know and and there is a big well I do I mean probably probably to the uh you know the annoyance of my designers I always talk about the idea and I'm always wanting to push about you know start with the idea and then everything else kind of comes that that's how not that it designs itself but it kind of does funnily enough in a way if you're actually delivering on the strategy and you're delivering on a really kind of clear singular thought, you know, you're using design to obviously make it different and differentiated as well at the same sort of time and desirable, all of those sort of things. You know, that talking about that culture of design works and um, always being very supportive, as you say, of nurturing talent. And I know, you you know, even yourself had that opportunity to take kind mm. of a year out and travel and then return to design mm. Um, and so is that something that, you know, if you want to keep people long-term in the team, they've got those opportunities to come in yeah. and out, explore different things? Yeah, definitely. Like you, like you sort of say, I think Jess Savalko, you know, who I, you know, did grow up with essentially in my career, you know, he was good enough at one point, you know, you kind of get to that point where he did let me travel. And I think I travelled for like eight months just doing stuff and, worked a little bit in London for some friends and, you know, all of those sort of things. And so, and he, he was generous enough to kind of go, Hey, your job is back here if you want it and everything like this. Also knowing that anything can kind of happen when you're traveling too. And if if I didn't return, I didn't return as well, but he was really uh, good like that. And so we'll try to do that with our team as well. I think there's been over the last few years, we've given people three months stints, you know, to go and travel before they kind of, you know, it all gets um, a little bit serious and people have kids and, you know, take on mortgages and all those sort of things as well. But, yeah, we'll try to do that with quite a few of our designers. I think over the last four years we did um, at least three three people doing like three months, four months at a time as well type sort of thing and then returning back. Uh, we even had a designer who had family back in Canada he, he needed to go see them. I think he went for a year or something like this and then he came back to DesignWorks as well because, you know, it was more of a, a personal family sort of thing as well. So, mm. you know, that, and that's always a good thing. It's, 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 it's important too if we can keep them and they want to be at DesignWorks, you know, we'll, we'll support them in that, that way as well. So, mm. you know, it's really good. Makes them better, better designers, doesn't it? So, Jeff, can you tell us a little about um, who or what have been your inspirations and mentors throughout your career and life so far? Yeah, well, I think I um, also mentioned earlier before, you know, when I got to DesignWorks, I think um, 
Jess Valka was, you know, quite key. I, I worked with him for probably uh, ten years of that uh, of that time as well. And you know, there were a lot of sort of you know great things he he ta- taught me about how you can kind of how to use an idea, how to be singular about an idea, and then how to articulate that to a uh, client as well. And I sort of think that's the thing I've you know kept up during that sort of time at DesignWorks, trying to teach the young designers how you can actually tell someone who's not a designer how your thought process went and then it's actually relevant for them as well at the same sort of time as well. And I think that's a really kind of key thing for us uh, as a studio is how do you kind of, you know, teach um, designers to um, talk to the ideas really clearly, really simply and really singular as well. But I sort of think the other, you know, influences that did help me over that career was, I guess when Jeff left the business, you know, um, I was running the business with uh, two other guys. Uh, one was Michael Crampin, and he was a really big influence on my career in terms of understanding uh, strategy, but also um, the written word. Uh, and he was really big on uh, story and what we kind of call creative strategy or uh, creative narrative. You know, that was kind of like the translation from sort of, you know, brand strategy, quite hardcore brand strategy into a more emotive uh, bridge into design and everything like that as well. And so, you know, I ended up working with with Michael for probably, you know, 13 uh, 13 years and uh, his influence on me was was amazing in the sense that he wasn't he wasn't a designer, he was a writer by background and, and everything like that as well, but super creative from a conceptual sort of point of view as well. So there was that sort of way around, you know, thinking about laterally about ideas, writing, uh, language, uh, the importance of that, and then also the, uh, the a way of kind of translating that into a client sort of world as well. And that, he was he was a really big, you know, influence in terms of the way I started thinking about uh, work as well. And then there was also uh, Noel Blackwell, who was, you know, running the, the brand strategy part of the business at the time. And, uh, I guess between the two of those guys, you know, working so closely with those those two, you know, I was able to understand strategy and understand, you know, narrative and stories and, and storytelling and all of those sort of things as well. And that just added to my work. That just added to the way I could understand it, debate about it, and be kind of quite clear about what we were designing to as well. And so that's where it was also that sort of thing that sometimes the work designed itself because you were really clear in the idea, you're really clear in the story, you're really clear on, you know, what you're trying to deliver from a strategy and design perspective as well. So those those are quite kind of key influences uh, over my time while, I was, while I've been at DesignWorks and growing as a designer as well. And um, personally, have you... <laughs> Um, any um, kind of mentors or people that have inspired you? Yeah, I think there have been a lot, um, but you know, I always still do come back to uh, my um, my dad and my parents. Actually, when we were growing up, you know, they were um, you know we had a little family business. We had a takeaway shop in Greyland, and my dad was such a hard worker. He never complained. You know, real hard work, cooking, preparing stuff. You know, all on his own essentially, and then. Us as kids, you know, um, we had to kind of uh, work in, in the shop as, as, a, as a family too and support the family and do all of those sort of things. And the one thing, you know, definitely my parents taught me really hard work and I sort of think that's translated. And when you get into this industry, it's actually, you know, it is hard work sometimes. You do do some late nights and I do sort of think to do really good work, 
you do actually have to sometimes put in the time. You do actually have to go a little bit further and work a little bit harder and everything like this to achieve work that's just not okay. If you want to do work that's a little bit better than okay, I think you have to push yourself a little bit more as well. So I think they definitely influenced me uh, in terms of um, uh, working hard as well. Uh, and then also because it was a family business and we had to work in it as kids, it, it taught me this sort of thing around um, persistence and kind of grinding through something. Because when we were kids, we didn't want to work in it. You know, we were there, you know, it was kind of begrudgingly we were sort of there, but it was one of those sort of things we couldn't quit. So you couldn't just quit and just kind of give up. Sort of thing you had to work through through it, and you had to grind through that sort of uh, whole experience as well. And so, that also taught me about persistence, and also making sure that you kind of never gave up on something. You just kind of worked through it as well. So, I think that was a really important trait, you know, that they they taught me as well. It's been really great to hear some of your background, um, and I think now we'll talk a little bit about you know what's been happening in the last uh, <laughs> and in in talking about the impact of COVID-19 on the New Zealand design community and practice so far. Um, I'd like to start with reflecting on your kind of immediate experience of the last six months, you know, in which we prepared for and went into lockdown, full lockdown mm. in New Zealand, and then we were lucky, lucky enough to come up through the levels and have, you know, three months of um, normal life, so to speak. Mm. And, you know, at the moment you and I sitting in Auckland are kind of in another lockdown. You know, what, what has been your kind of personal experience and the studio's experience of this time? Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> a it's, yeah, 2020 has definitely been one of those um, those years, right? Mm. Um, uh, it have to be, I have to be honest, it's been, it's been tough, you know, mm. it's, it's, it has been really tough because I think the, at the start of the year, I, I do remember the start of the year and, and, and what, we, you know, we were going through as a studio, we, you know, we had quite a few sort of changes at the studio before, you know, before that as well, you know. Um, so it's one of those sort of things where, you know, the start of the year, we kind of, you're starting hearing about, you know, the stuff going on around the world. And I think um, whether it was me was sort of naively, I think we were all kind of thinking, oh, it won't affect us too much, you know, we'll be all right. And then and then um, the opposite did did happen. And I don't think we any of us sort of really knew how um, bad it was going to get, um, and I think that first lockdown was 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 um, you know uh, tough in in one way in the sense of we were all learning how to do this. We were all learning how to work from home. Well, we were anyway as a studio, definitely. How you <clears throat> still stay connected? How you still collaborate? And uh, how do you and, – and I think that the hardest sort of thing for me was also going, well, I've, I've got my situation, I've got my kids, I've got my wife, you know, it's actually – that's really nice. But then there's a, probably a whole bunch of the younger ones in our studio that are, you know, either flatting or by themselves or, you know, and that, that's a really tough scenario for, for other people. And I kind of didn't – sort of realise it until a few sort of weeks in and you start going, oh, yeah, imagine if I was just in this house by myself with no one else, you know, type sort of thing. And and that's a real tough thing you know, mentally, you know, to kind of make sure that everyone's all right and, you know, that you're, you know, you're going to get through it. So I think that's been, that's been really tough. 
learning how to do it and then also um, trying to keep clients uh, going as well and, and uh, connected because, again, it all changes, you know, when, um, you know, something like this happens because, you know, we had a lot of tourist-based clients, you know, and, and every 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 client's been affected in some sort of way or everyone's been affected in some sort of way, but probably tourism's been, you know, right up there in terms of the, the most affected. So that was really tough for us as well. But then, you know, all of those hard things that have changed everything, you know, there are good things that kind of come from it as well, right? Like, you know, that the whole thing around the environment, this probably is good for the environment that we've all kind of stopped having an impact on it. Um, ways of working changes, sometimes for the good and sometimes for um, the not so good. I think the main sort of thing for us is not going back to normal as such <laughs> because I think you, you kind of can't. You know, I don't think we even – I actually sort of think even if they have a vaccine, it still won't be normal, right? Yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna change the way we work, you know. And we so when we got back, we tried to keep in some of the things that we had, i.e., flexibility. If you want to work from home, that's good. I think some of the studio went down to a, a full full day week and everything like this as well. And so what happened was we had a sometimes a clear day on Friday. Um, um, a few of us still worked, but there's. There was the when we went into the studio when I think it was like level two or something like that last time, it was quite a, a nice quiet studio, so you could actually focus in on stuff. And so we'll try to maintain that even though we're back at five days, things like that, you know. So you get some clear time for designers to spend time focusing and crafting, you know, not being in meetings, all of those sort of things. Um, our account service people, they get through some of their admin rather than, you know, uh, be always distracted by things. So we try to implement, you know, or maintain the positives out of the lockdown and everything like this as well. I think the thing for us, what I've noticed, and maybe it's me, the one thing it couldn't sort of replace was um, that interaction, the people interaction, the cl- collaboration piece you know types of thing which I still think is a hard thing to to do on on a on a on a screen and it was just so nice when we went out of the first lockdown getting back into the studio hanging stuff up in the room talking to people getting stuff done and it's it was you know certain things were just so much faster so much more enjoyable you know so much more fun and so you know I think it's going to definitely be a balance of kind of keeping the good things from from this experience and then but still maintaining some of the the things that kind of you know are just inherent things that we need to do good work <laughs> so things yeah. like that and then you know second second time around you know this level level three thing I think I think I was just saying to you earlier on it it's it, it was easy to fall back into working from home but um it has been sort of funnily enough tougher again this time around because you know you kind of think well maybe this is just going to have to happen every couple of months. And you that kind of gets you a little bit down thinking that that's the way it's going to be for a little while. But that might be the new normal, you know, don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I hope it's I hope it's not entirely like that. But um, also I think, you know, we, we fell back into walk, working from home pretty, pretty quickly. Everyone did. Um, but, again, it was probably also making sure that, you know, um, 
the, the the mental health thing was was good across the team, you know, because I think it ha- has been tough second time around. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, feeling that that fatigue. Um, mm. I mean, I wonder if you know the the positive out of it is potentially New Zealand was feeling a little bit like, oh wow, we've we've beaten this and off we go, and that's be really great. But what that doesn't lead to is kind of any real systemic change within our um, kind of profession and and community and and country, and so. You know, I think this has definitely, for me, made made me kind of feel part of the world and, and the impact of this, and mm. and whether that lends itself to that, you know, that kindness and that um, observation of looking after our mental health, and as you say, like some of those bigger issues in terms of the environment and what have you. Do you see this as an opportunity to to pause and and uh, reflect on our role and responsibility as as designers and as a profession and you know, would you see that as part of your role to to champion some real change? Yet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely sort of think that um, you know, through this, through the, I guess, the negatives of the whole experience, there's always there's always some positives that come from it. And I think it's making sure that everyone, you know, takes those positives and and is able to kind of make something out of them or do something with them as well. And I sort of think that the the, the inherent thing about designers is that they they want to make stuff better they want to make things better and you can design ways to make things better as well and I, I do really like that sort of thing around you know the way that we have handled COVID uh, from a kindness thing the kind of you know together we're gonna um, we're gonna solve this thing Th- those themes I guess are kind of things that are inherently sort of New Zealand traits too and I think that's a real positive sort of thing and so how do we kind of take that and as designers practice that ourselves too because I do sort of think that sometimes you know we have the skills to be able to do something and make a difference through design but then sometimes as an industry I sometimes do think we're kind of our own worst worst enemy too (laughs) as well you know (laughs) you know sometimes we're a bit too critical of each other and I sort of think sometimes you know we're not as collaborative as we could be and everything like that as well and so I sort of think that you know hopefully something like this kind of also breaks down I guess those those barriers within our um, you know small you know industry as well and I think that's a positive thing. And how do you think we stick to this vision of not going back to normal? (laughs) Because it's very easy, isn't it, to um, to fall back into kind of you know the thing like going out for dinner and and all of those different things that we enjoy. Um, and is it you know how do we kind of take some I guess kind of like hold each other responsible? You know, as you yeah. say, yeah, yeah, more collaborative. Yeah, well, uh, it is it is a real tough one, eh, too, because you do sort of go, you know, and maybe within that was it when we went back to, quote, normal, yeah. was it only four, was it four, six weeks? Was it? How long was uh, it? I think we had a good, I think it was 102 days. Yeah, so even within those 102 days, you could see people just reverting back to what it, what it was and everything like this, like COVID wasn't around, you know, type sort of thing as well. Uh, I think that kind of complacency is probably the the, the biggest hurdle to kind of um, get over, really. You know, and I sort of think um, 
that's the sort of thing too, right? It's a real balance here, but too because the effect it's had on the economy is kind of massive too, right? So how do you keep that going? But then also kind of create new ways that you know keep the economy going and maybe make it even more, you know, enriched, you know, the the economy, but done in and done in the right way. And that's not an easy sort of thing to do. I sort of think that's going to take a you know a lot of clever people and a lot of people collaborating to kind of do that. But I think you, we've got to just. I, I sort of always kind of have this sort of thing. You always kind of remember like the moment right now, how you're feeling. And kind of always remember that, so you can actually go. Okay, we're not going to just fall back into kind of what we're what we've been doing, or else you just you know people just forget about it and they just kind of go six months later. I don't even remember what it was like at lockdown until yeah. it comes back again, you know, yeah. type sort of thing. Yeah. And so yeah, it's a, it's it's a real tough one. It's not a, it's not a simple one, but I, I definitely sort of think that um, we've definitely got to uh, band together to kind of you know. Uh, um, figure it out really do you think that design has a role to play in in you know this in like changing systems design systems within our country in that respect then and and how would we get involved with people and and business and clients in that respect yeah i definitely sort of think design can i think design needs to it's it's the sort of thing too the, the great thing about design is that we we look at stuff differently right we have a, we, we we you know you look at an existing system and we question why it should be that way and is there a better way to sort of do it and and that's where I sort of think it's it's a it's a really amazing thing I think it's probably um, as an industry who leads that who kind of you know gets into those you know conversations at that real high level to be able to kind of change things and and sometimes that's and, and I think as designers too, we've got to be able to have people talking at that high level that can actually also translate design to that to that um, to that audience too. Because I think a lot of the time designers talk to other designers is is great, but then you know you t- you take it out and and this is the thing with design too, right? To 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 make stuff better is you've got you've you've got to design for the people, not for other designers. That's the thing. And that's the that's the big sort of thing uh, around uh, you know us as a as an industry. We've got to be really aware that, you know, we we're, we're not designing for all, to pat ourselves on the back. We've got to design things that change things for the majority of New Zealand. Mm. That's the that's the opportunity, right? But yeah. who how do we get into those situations? How do we get into those conversations? How do we you know, get into those areas of influence as well. And finally, um, just to finish up, uh, do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with um, other designers and creatives practicing out there at the moment? Yeah, well, I sort of think um, definitely it's, it's tough for everyone in, in certain sort of ways and in different sort of ways. But um, I would sort of say that I, I think like there's a couple of sort of things, you know, I think for all young designers, it's even harder for them now, right? Like, I, I wouldn't, I would not like to be a graduate, you know, at the end of this year with what's going on, right? So the the hardest sort of thing for them is that, you know, um, it's going to be tough. The real talent will really stand out, right? And unfortunately, there'll be a lot of talent that will just kind of not get noticed or anything like that as well. But I sort of think the thing that will make that top talent really, really 
stand out is is a, is an attitude thing too. Like I actually sort of think that if they've got a really good attitude and they really want to kind of get involved, you know, in the studio or, or what have you, um, and they've got real diverse skills, i.e., you know, the graphic designer quote <laughs> doesn't kind of exist anymore. You know, ones that can, you know, um, uh, do animation, film things as well as also design things. It's like that's that's the kind of type of people we would be sort of looking for as well, you know, to kind of, you know, add to this because everything's going to get faster. Everything's going to get um, harder to do because, you know, everything's kind of smaller, a lot more kind of tighter and everything like this. So you need this diverse skill range and this talent to be able to kind of, you know, do four things rather than one thing in a, in a day type sort of thing. So I sort of think that that would be uh, one thing is around versatility. And I think, you know, the rise of the, the generalist has always been a good sort of thing for, for New Zealand. Um, also, this whole thing around as designers and creatives as well, we're only as good as our last job. You know, I sort of think that's a real big, sort of thing for us as a studio is like you've got to keep on striving to do good work and do better work and everything like that as well and the work's the thing that kind of keeps us saying enjoy this industry that we're in and this opportunity that we have as well don't be a dick you know <laughs> don't be a dick in this industry because it's such a good industry I mean what other industry do you get to make and create things for 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 people to change things right and, and you should enjoy that as a team, you know, as you're kind of creating these things and making these sort of things as well. Um, so those are the sort of things I kind of think are really, really important as well, you know, because, you know, sometimes it is pretty intense sometimes when you're trying to meet deadlines and everything like this, but at least when you've got a team that you enjoy working for each other and you're going to work hard for each other, I sort of think is is a really, really good thing as well, you know, because it's tough it's tough times at the moment. So you've got to stay positive. You've got to stay, be good to each other and, you know, do good work together. And hopefully it'll take you on a care of itself over, over time as well. So I think those are, those are good things to kind of, you know, live by as well. Awesome. I really appreciate that, Jeff. It's really nice to, you know, hear um, your words uh, in terms of the graduates right through to um, senior members of our community. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much um, for being part of the podcast and your time today. Yeah, look forward to having you involved in more conversations. Kia ora, Jeff. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me.